be fine Blowing up like dynamite, I never meant to make you cry Make your mind up, I'm fading I wanna stay out, you wanna stay in Hello and welcome to your very special edition of This is Ibrox, it's your Ranger podcast It's the final one of the, of the season and it's a wee bit different It's Scott and Tommy this week to talk you through for 30 minutes our general feelings and, and the way of things from the weekend. Tommy, hello, how are you? I am very, very well, thank you. Yes, just a nice, intimate fireside chat. Yeah, is it, like, it should be exactly like that as well, shouldn't it? We'll yeah, see it if it goes that way. Yeah, somebody gave me a whiskey. <laughs> as always, this week's pod is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them as early as you can on 01453887179 or via email hello at hhhmortgages.com. They're also available via their company website, all the W's, hhhmortgages.com, and you can get them similar address on Facebook. As discussed um, between ourselves and, and Craig at Triple H Mortgages, if you mention my name, Scott, Tommy, Willie, Robbie indeed, um, these guys in there will look after you very well indeed. So, last two games of the season, beat Livingston, cuffed Aberdeen, which is becoming a thing of the norm, and, and Saturday came, Thomas, and, and I have to say it was, a, it was an emotional day, it was a thing of beauty, it was something we're all looking forward to, um, it was just really good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to add more to that. I think there's always a differential between, and that there was a lot bound up, and we've spoken previously about a decade in the making and all the trials and tribulations of this particular football club and this particular support I've went through, and you just can't do that justice and with my limited vocabulary, right? which is to say that there's those that are still with us, those that aren't, there's families, there's loved ones, there's a bound up feeling of community. There's all the pressures and all the abuse and all the degradation and all the lack of standards that we had to watch with our club. And then slowly but surely the bricks being put back in. Yeah. And then when you finally say, right, okay, we're on a good footing now and we can we can now think about getting back to where we belong. Because for a while it was just crisis after crisis after crisis, right? And that's no way to live your life. No. And then you get to the point where, okay, it was a big season for a lot of reasons, right? 55 is the first number. Legitimate now to say 10 is the second number. Um, and one of them's got a tick next to it and one's got a cross, right? Which I think we can all, we can all be relatively happy with, right? And then to get over the line in record-breaking time was a moment. And it was a moment that was joyful and it was... But I don't know about the rest of the listeners, the watchers of you, and indeed, it was a moment of, yeah, adulation and happiness, but it was, I found that to be my moment of reflection, where I went, God, it's been, it's been, it's been 10 years. And it's, it's almost like it was incredulous, a feeling of it, and you think, we, we genuinely won this in record time, it's, it's all over. We've reset the button and we've returned to where we should be. Yeah. Right, and you can throw all the spurious nonsense that people shout, "Yes, they've gone in the middle of the street and all that." Right, you push all that one side because that's for them. That's not for us. Yeah, and you say we've done it. What, what we were told could never be done again. And then it's a long answer, but it's a it's a long moment. I've given you a shorter answer than ten years. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and then you get to the definable moment. So it's it's fine to know about a celebration that's upcoming, but then you see the likes. James Tavernier, kiss that trophy, hold it aloft. You see what it means to him written on his face. Yeah. You know the journey he's been on with us. 
And then you see the likes of Jimmy Bell, you see Stephen Gerrard, you see other members of, you see John Gregg, you know, you see Ali McCoy's getting soaked in the in the stand doing the TV. You see Chris Boyd, who I think will have to go and get cheek implants now because he's, he's you know, he's seen that amount of smiling, right? You see all that and then you, you think, and we can legitimately say this is the beginning. Yeah. Again, it is hard to sit down and then equate that to just being a game. Rangers have always prided themselves on being a community club with a community spirit and being bigger than just the game on the pitch. There is no better example of that than the depth of feeling that people had between March and now and the fact that everybody stuck with it all the way through the journey. They said and they ridiculed that we would walk away. Pretty sure we didn't. The only thing that we can be accused of walking away with is the league championship. I'm glad you mentioned John Gregg. I'll tell you why. I, I always remember one of the things that really horrified me in that 10-year period, which which we all know about now, is parked in history. Um, the greatest ever ranger refused to go to Ibrox on occasion. Um, so there was something really quite romantic almost about seeing um, James Tavernier sort of reach out, give him a cuddle. It, it felt like that sort of we are back moment. It, it was a real sort of that was like sort of swallowing a lemon type thing, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a, t- a tough one to watch, emotional, I think, for all the obvious reasons you thought, yep, yeah, it feels right, it feels like this is the way it should be. Yeah, and, and listen, you're a, you're a father, right? So, and this will be the first tangible title that your, your children see. You've been able to share yeah. with them. And I, I, I asked that, you know, for all the other parents out there as well, what does, it, what does it look like? What does it feel like when you're turning to your children and they're watching you celebrating and you're seeing the TV celebrating or whatever? That's got to be a moment that's locked in your memory bank forever. I think it was it was something. Um, so the wee fellas watched the football with me a lot this year, um, and he's well, he's seen me happy pretty much every weekend, which has been nice. Um, <laughs> but I I think you do you become very aware that um, wow, this is something he's never seen before. He's never seen a Rangers player lift silverware of any sort. So um, I, it, was a, it was a hugely emotional Saturday, thoroughly enjoyable, really, really special to see guys like, as we mentioned, John Gregg, um, the chairman. It was lovely to see him there as well in Always Splendor. I thought it was really good to see him there. Um, each of the guys collecting the, their medals uh, and the, the sort of after-pitch celebrations I thought were, were really, really special as well. Thomas, I want to take you back to before the game on Saturday. Um, and we'll come to our, to our fans as, as this quick pod goes on. But I don't think the, the Union Bears can go unrecognised for an absolutely sensational display along the Clyde on Friday night. Uh, yeah, uh, it was. And I'm taking credit for our, this Ibrox tweet of, uh, I told you I need you the Clyde's on fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am, I'm taking total credit for that one. I'm breaking that. That's, that's been 10 years in the making for me. That's that's my moment, right? <laughs> but listen, a, a phenomenal, and I think that, I think the um, the guys at the Union Bears actually caused a UK-wide flare shortage. <laughs> I mean, that was quite widely reported as well. You know, a, a stunning, a stunning image. Genuinely, oh, really was. stunning image. And I think, you know, Steve, we've all seen the clips and stuff like that, but that moment where it's, and it's a really good, you know, not being overly poetic uh, this evening, but it's a really good image to run with in terms of, there's a, there's a moment in the, in the clip 
where it's nothing but darkness. Yeah. Or potentially the hint of light. Right? For a long time in that 10 years, our club was in that darkness. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and it's probably fitting with Union Bears who have been with it along with every other fan as well, but for the purposes of this analogy, what brought light to it was the fans. And the fans shouldn't be overlooked in this story of you know, getting back to 55 because we were there at the lowest tier, you know, before the likes of, and I'm not going to go them, but before the likes of James Tavernier or Stephen Gerrard that rocked up here. There's a seminal thread here and it's always the fans. And then, you know, in that example again, and then the fans illuminate and those sparks happening. And then all of a sudden, there's a sea of, a, a sea of red and you think, that's our club lighting up the city. That's our fans being lit up by the team on the park. And what's that wee shining thing lighting up the trophy room? I'm pretty sure that's the league trophy as well. So <laughs> it was a, be- a really beautiful, beautiful image, actually, to your point, because uh, I think I wasn't thinking you were getting a bit overly poetic there. But it's, uh, <laughs> it, even I, a robot like me, sometimes has, has feelings. But all credit to them. Fantastic display. And uh, it, it really did capture... It caught a lot of people by surprise, obviously. As well. Absolutely did. But uh, yeah, a lovely, a lovely, um, a lovely image. I, I don't know about your, but yourself, what your thoughts were seeing it. I thought it was absolutely stunning. I, I, I honestly did, and I, I think I'm a great fan for um, looking at cities at night time because I think they're really yeah. you, you get some, I mean if you've been lucky enough to maybe be in places like New York or Barcelona, etc. When you look at these places at night time, they're so much more beautiful than being there during the day. Yeah, Glasgow itself is a, is a is a cracking city at night time. If you're ever driving through the city at night, um, over the Kingston Bridge, etc., it's all lit up. It's a beautiful sight. Okay. However, that part of the city is predominantly dark, and I think just suddenly when the flares went up, and they, they, I mean, it was as if they went on for miles. And I don't know if it was the effect of the flare that that made it look like it, it went on so far, um, but it really was stunning. I I I think it's going to be a a part of the celebrations this particular weekend that a lot of Rangers fans will have locked into to their memory. It was stunning. It was a, it was a great way to start a, a really important weekend for the club, I felt. Listen, you're absolutely right. And I couldn't agree with you more as well about uh, the cities at night. Actually, I really, really like that as well. New York's beautiful. Um, I mean, we could go on, but I would say Marrakesh yeah. is a beautiful place. So is, uh, I don't know, places like Cairo and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, there was somewhere, yeah, the Sagrada Familia at night in, uh, in Barcelona is a, is a beautiful sight to, sight to see. But uh, I'm pretty sure we get to talk about football. It's, a, it's <laughs> another wonder of the world, isn't it? Yeah. We can add the Union Bears and their light display to the wonders of the world, absolutely. Yeah, I, I also I actually sounded like I, I, I knew what I was talking about there, whereas you sounded like you're just creeping about cities at night, which is a different type of football. Again, caught again. <laughs> um, so, listen, the club at, at this moment in time, we're obviously recording on, on, on Monday night, the club at the moment are doing their Player of the Year awards, which we'll, we'll cover in a, in a wee second. Scottish writers and and the the fellow pros have have all been involved in in voting for for their player of the year over the last sort of couple of um, days, maybe a week certainly. And McGregor, Davis, and Tavernier have all walked away with a with a player of the year award in their hip pocket. I think that really illustrates that there's not been one person, obviously, that's won any more than one award yet. Um, it just shows how difficult it's been to to pick which Rangers players has been best this year. Yeah, well, we've struggled with it over the last um, 
Absolutely. The last couple of weeks. Well, I think everybody struggled with it over the entire season. You know, yeah. and it's, it's one of those, I've said that a couple of times, it's a great conversation because you can disagree, but we're all agreeing about the same thing. The actual component parts of the squad have been so immense that you are, are <laughs> it's hard to get a, a run on them. I can say that I know that somebody has won the uh, Players' Player of the Year. Okay. Is it who we thought and it I was? I can tell you who it is if you want to take a guess. So I'm turning the mic back over to you, Scott. Who do you think is one of the players for the year? So I'd be really, I'd be very surprised um, if it was based on who we know who has won elsewhere, McGregor, Davis, and Tavernier. I would be very surprised if it wasn't Connor Goldson. However, I know you know the answer, and I can tell you that uh, obviously you're accusing him of spoiling the ballots there. I'm getting <laughs> into the votes. The uh, Rangers. Uh, players player of the year is uh, is the captain it's James Tavernier. Wow, there you are. There so you I are. got it wrong. I, yes, I think I I got it wrong as well. To be honest with you, um, fair play. Listen, he's had a fantastic season. The first six months of the season, he was unplayable. He, he, he just was. Anyway. He was simply unplayable. Um, the fact that he he um, he started the season on fire, assists. He went through that wee crazy spell where he scored what was it seven goals and seven games or something like that. Yeah. Including Robbie Halliday's goal of the season against Galatasaray, which I reminded about us about last week. Um, I'm sure that's not going to go of the season. By the way, the um, put of the year awards goal of the season was unsurprisingly came out. Yeah, the one that we, we knew we knew was going to be goal of the season, but we never mentioned it last week for... Ah, too easy. Stage. We didn't want it to be too obvious, you know what I mean? I don't know if we managed that, certainly. Much like that hit from Kmart, far too easy. Aye, absolutely. Uh, just so we'll just cover the other awards just now. We know that Brianna Westrup has been given um, Women's Player of the Year. Um, special mention for Nathan Patterson for the Academy Player of the Year. Obviously, a bit stop start towards the end certainly. Um, and again, Tavernier has another um, award um, this year with the, the top scorer of the Sam English Bowl. He takes that away. What a season it's been for that guy. It's it's been it's been immense, and I think there's a. There's a lot there to be said in terms of nobody's denigrating these performances on the pitch. He's been absolutely stellar. But I think some of that, with, with any environment when it's a player's play of the year, yeah. I think a lot of it is also voted for on what he's like around about the dressing room, focusing people, getting people. And also it might just be a wee nod. I'm not saying it's a sympathy vote, I don't mean that at all. It might just be a wee nod from his squad that they know what he's been through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's fair. He's now, he's now sitting there. On behalf of all of us, he's sitting there saying, I took the beatings. I sat there and get roped at uh, Hamden, roped at Celtic Park, roped at Ibrooks. Yeah. I came up short so many times under so many people and with so many people who weren't really fit for their jobs. I weathered it. And you know what? Finally, finally, I have won. And I, I think that's a nice moment, actually. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be truculent about that at all in terms of wanting Conor Goldson. I think that's a beautiful moment. Yeah, agreed. Um, so that's basically our, our, um, our Player of the Year award. So, so we know who's got what. Um, I think before we say anything else, we have to say a really special thanks to Stephen Gerrard and his staff. Um, ultimately, we wouldn't have done any of this without them. Um, I, I'm a great believer that um, the, the staff. Your Michael Beals, your Tom Culshaws, etc., have absolutely put us back on the map, um, and and for that I think we'll be grateful for a very, very, very long time. Here, here, here. What I want to come on to next, Thomas, and this has been something that's bubbled under 
kind of over now, to be perfectly honest with you, for the duration of the day. We've obviously seen the celebrations at, at George Square. Um, two dozen fans or so maybe let themselves down. I think it's fair to say as the celebrations went over on, on Saturday afternoon into Saturday um, evening. However, again, sort of today, we've had to put up with some real nonsense in social media with with accusations of of a lot of silliness that's meant to have went on after the game with, with celebrations. And um, never has a Neil Diamond song caused so much controversy. <laughs> yes, and, and you know, one half of the city saying good times never seem so good. But <laughs> I am uh, special mention as well, by the way, Stephen Davis with the John Gregg Achievement Award. Absolutely. Yep, good show. Uh, tonight as well. But you're absolutely right. Now, obviously, we've spent all day locked in an underground bunker at an undisclosed location <laughs> where I've managed to hang a picture up for once behind me uh, <laughs> with the TII legal team to see just exactly what we can and can't discuss here. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I knew this question was coming to an extent. Right? I don't know how you're yeah. going to phrase it, but I knew the question was coming. I'm a fairly logical guy and I don't hide behind uber staunchness. I hate that phrase, if I was being brutally honest. It's true, it does. I, don't, I, I do. I, I, I really detest it. And I, I, well, I do actually want a pair of blue tinted sunglasses, right? So sometimes I, I stare at the world through a blue tinted specs, right? But most of the time, I, I don't. And I try and be really fair. And this is Ibrox tries to be really fair. And all you guys try to be really fair as well. And that's the whole point. Right, we are a critical friend to the support and a critical friend to the club. Yeah, and in part of that logic, you say the people who littered and trashed and fought the police, etc., should be rightly castigated. I don't think anybody of reasonable sound mind would have a problem with that. Whether they're wearing Rangers colours or not, and I sense there's a lot of people who have never, never been in a game in their entire life came yeah. along to it. Right? But that's unequivocal. You know, as a support, we are pretty one of the better ones at being self-critical, in my opinion. Yeah. And so that's not for debate. If, for example, you are was I was exhibit A TikTok, right? Is what I'm supposed to <laughs> supposed to call it. If that TikTok video had been true, and the players were screaming, you know, uh, religious abuse. Yeah. Me as a support and me personally would have got absolutely on top of them and said there's no place in their club for this. We have a whole award-winning structure around about that, right, in terms of what the club have been doing. And the whole, I sometimes think that other people are trapped to a time warp and, and not us, you know, this whole Catholic thing and Rangers hate them. It's a nonsense. It's not for Catholic players who have been, their names have been chanted from the stands. We've got players who bless themselves when they come on. We've had a Catholic, Catholic captains. Nobody cares. Right, and there seems to be this inability with some media commentators in Scotland to divorce a club and a support from some other things, right? And that takes us back to some of the things today. So for the TikTok video, for example, I have never seen in my life, apart from, quite frankly, some totalitarian regimes, whereby justice ministers, lovely phrase, that totally inept and does not apply to the person who currently holds the office. And I remember a time when cabinet ministers in this country and being a politician meant something, right? It's totally denigrated now. But the vociferousness and the want to jump straight on a social media platform like t Twitter, um, just to make a statement when you hold that position of 
and I stress, if you are the justice minister, you have a position of power and responsibility in this nation, and yet you can't help yourself gleefully jumping onto this to say, to, to hear a handcuff, damn due process, I see a potential red, white and blue target here. I'm going to leap at it, right? Fangs bared. Police Scotland doing statements as well. And you think, I, I also, you know, I'm pretty sure I heard something about due process and being innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> but it was easily, easily identifiable that one, I mean, really, is TikTok your go-to place for hard evidence these days? I mean, I don't think I saw that, you know, episode of Special Victims Unit where it's, you know, TikTok <laughs> type of thing, you know, and, and they go to a heavy, a heavy beat, right? <laughs> and going there and then seeing something that's easily identified and was easily identified as a fabricated video, right? Even in obviously, if you just listen to it, you quite clearly <laughs> tell that it's not been sung, right? But then Police Scotland jumping on it, the Justice Minister jumping on it, a moment's hesitation, and this is what belies the whole point, and they are rush to try and draw blood, they are completely blinkered and they denigrate us all. Everybody, Rangers fans, non-Rangers fans, they denigrate us all because one, they think you're stupid. Two, they think they can run roughshod over processes. And three, we, they think we don't see them for what they are. The slightest amount of pause would have allowed them to say, this is a nonsense video. As it is, given a little parochial backwater we live in, you have a TikTok video, which had already been debunked, leading the six o'clock national news. Just incredible. It's just incredible. I mean, I don't know who Willie Wanker is, but there's no question that he's the most famous guy on Twitter today. Well, he's, he's pulled us all. Um, <laughs> for one of a better, better treatment to that phrase. But it's, it's, it's hard to not get angry about that. And I don't get angry just because we're an Rangers fan or just because they're attacking the club and... I get angry as well because this is the society that we're supposed to live in. And I actually just demand better from my politicians as well. I demand better from my media commentators. I demand better from our judicial system than to have somebody slavering over a TikTok video. I mean, we live in a better, we should live in a better nation. That We all aspire to live in a better nation. That, And I don't think anybody would say TikTok is one, the, the record of choice, right? Yeah. It did used to be the London Times. I don't know if that's been replaced now by, by TikTok, right? But having them jumping onto Twitter to be the first to do it, and that's it, it's it's clearly shouting into an echo chamber. Yeah. And by that point, again, already debunked. And a special shout out to Police Scotland. Not entirely convinced that I've ever heard the word apparently yeah. used in connection with a potential perpetration of a crime. Incredible, isn't it? I mean, it really is. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I, I, I genuinely, it's not often I'm lost for words as regular listeners and watchers will, uh, <laughs> will, will know. But I, I'm, I'm genuinely trying to be self-reflective there and think, is this really what it's come to? That any any ability to draw or try and draw blood from a club and or a whole section of society because they support that club yeah. And I read an article by by another woman who I won't name because I'm not going to give her airtime, who just the most spurious innuendo about the club have allowed this and let it build and supported it and have the we, we can't tell what the directors feel and if they hold the shape the same views. Well, I can tell you that 
even the majority of the support don't hold those views. <laughs> what are you talking about? And this is the society we find ourselves in. So in, in the moment of trying to build bridges to work together and be a really good nation, we have found another point in the map of what has been a growing thing over the last 10, 20, 30 years, which is division politics. Yeah. And the divisiveness of that has now seeped its way into police and the justice minister. And I, I know I've duplicated this a couple of times, but I'm going to say it again. Police and the justice minister of this nation taking to Twitter to talk about a TikTok video. Yeah. If nothing else, let that sink in. Take it away with you. That's who governs you. Do you think that person, those people, are fit for purpose? So I want to come back to you about something that Dave King said years and years ago now. And he's made the famous comment about um, the folding like a pack of cards. Do you think we, I think we all agreed that it would, it would, it would happen. Yeah. I'm not sure we believed it would be in the manner that it's happened. I think the fallout, since we were officially named champions, has been absolutely spectacular. I didn't expect it to be like that. I'll be honest with you, I did not expect it to be like this. I think you're absolutely right. And I think, well, it's not like Dave King to make bombastic statements or anything like that. It's not like, you know, trademark <laughs> uh, Dave King. But he was right in terms of, I think he was purely looking from a more of a financial perspective in that they were running a massive wage bill and they weren't getting any income if they weren't making Champions League if you strip that out. And that still, by and large, holds slightly true. This pot of, pot of liquid gold that was underneath Celtic Park doesn't, just doesn't exist, right? There is no Scrooge McDuck moment <laughs> um, for people of a certain vintage deal. I feel like I'd need to bless in after that soapbox moment earlier on. <laughs> so, um, but the, the fallout is based on, I suppose, lots of things. And we touched on some of that. The majority of it, and it's, this is not a phrase that I particularly enjoy either, right? But um, the self-righteous belief, I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to use that actually instead of, I'm going to say, privilege, right? But the self-righteous belief, because I don't believe in that word privilege to a certain extent, but um, when I say I don't believe in it, I know the word exists. Right? I'm, not, I'm not saying it's, but all words are made up. There we go. It's a lie. Um, <laughs> exactly. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. It's a short pod. Right? I'm sticking to the task. <laughs> so, but that self-righteous belief that from probably year three, right, that 10 was guaranteed. So people were brought up People were told parties were forward facing. Yeah. I were partying now, but will really party come the 10. Pundits, players, the chairman, everybody saying, yeah, it's going to be there. Brendan's here for 10. What? Brendan's where? Oh, he's not here for, right, okay. Um, Somebody get a car? That type of thing, right? But it's fine because it'll happen, you know. Lenny's there, it's definitely not a catastrophe, anything like that, right? It's not a disaster. Uh, um, all that type of stuff. But when you're told for so long that you've got a once-in-a-generation chance to get something, yep. and then turns out you don't get it, it's not entirely cryptic what I'm doing there, but, um, and then you don't get it, people tend to react like little children to an extent. And that plays out really, really badly at the moment. I, I genuinely, genuinely think, I've spoken to some Celtic fans about this as well, obviously. 
I generally think they cannot get their head around the fact it's, it's, it's not happened. And then the narrative has to be, oh, well, we let it go. No, 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 no. You had it taken away from you. Somebody else came along who was bigger than you and took it away from you. And I think they have a real problem knitting those diff- you know, disparate parts of the narrative together. It's one thing saying, well, we imploded. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not, not it. <laughs> Double digit point, sorry, treble digit points. Unbeaten in the league, invincible season. Oh, but it's not really invincible because he didn't win the Cups. <laughs> no, 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 no. You would have sold every trophy in your trophy room to have gotten that 10th one. 100%. And you have to live with reconciling that. And I think, to, to your point, and it'd be good to hear your view as well, but to your point, trying to knit that narrative together for them, given as well they had put themselves in a position whereby they had replaced or supplanted Rangers in terms of ownership of some of the mainstream media. We all knew David Murray was great at that type of stuff. Right? Peter Lowell did a fantastic job as their chair. There's no two ways about that. They'd done that, and so all they were ever getting back to themselves, we're back to echo chamber again. Who would have believed it? <laughs> all they were ever getting back from themselves is unstoppable, invincible, ruthless, right? It'll be quietly terrified. It'll take 100 million. Rangers will probably go bust again anyway, type of scenario. <laughs> Constantly. There was never a Oh, oh, it might be a challenge. And even even you know, we failed under the first two years, if you want to take that as a bit yeah, of yeah. progress, but we failed under Stephen Gerrard because we fell apart after Christmas to an extent. So that all played into that. And then in the big moment when it mattered, it opened the envelope and it was blue. It wasn't green. And the camera zoomed in on them at the awards show and <laughs> we weren't smiling. I'm interested in your view of that. So I, I think for me, the, the, the biggie for me this year, and I've, I hated hearing it, was how they had imploded. Mm. So I think if we had got to the stage where we had won it on the last game of the season and we won it in a, in a sort of maybe helicopter Sunday sort of format, which would have been equally as, as pleasing, I have to say. Um, but there's no doubt that I'm a great believer in the, the best teams do win the league. Over yeah. the course of the season, perhaps with the exception if you're awarded it because of a pandemic and over a phone call. However, um, I, I I genuinely think there's been nowhere near to us this year. And curiously enough, I, I seen indeed today um, teams of the year. So some of these pundits are, are selecting their, their teams of the yeah. year, and you're seeing players in there that just with the best one in the world are there just to satisfy a narrative. Um, I mean, I'm sure I've seen, uh, if I put it like this, if I was a Hibs fan, which I'm not, I'd be really wanting to know why David Turnbull got Young Player of the Year ahead of the boy Doig, who's played out his skin at left back all season, and David Turnbull's played for about four months of the year. Listen, I completely How'd agree with that. I completely agree with that. been, I thought he'd been exceptional. Um, exceptional. That's not against Turnbull, just because he's a Celtic player. Of course Celtic it is. Team. Fantastic. I'm oh, sorry, I mean me saying about Doig. Doig yeah. has been fantastic, legitimate winner of that. And why goes to Tumble? I'm with you. I just can't fathom it. But in addition to that, and this was the th- this was the th- this really grinded my gears when I saw this today. I don't know who it was, if it was, and it might even have been the SPFL team of the season that I looked at, to be honest with you, Thomas. But Christopher Ayers in there at left side centre half, ahead of a guy who has never lost a league game for Rangers. 
and Philip Hillander. So, do you know what I mean? Are the phone calls to the wee dark office um, still going on to say, you need to make sure one of my guys is in there? Because it's yeah. ridiculous that Hellander is not in there ahead of Christopher Iyer. Absolutely ridiculous. Pretty handy if you're trying to sell someday as well. Um, well they, were in the play, they were in the team of the year for the, for the country, so, so to speak. No, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. I was also looking there uh, at some of the other awards coming through. From, uh-huh. uh, from, 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 from Would you like to know who the young player of the year was? Or would you like to get a stab at it, please? Um, young player of the year? Oh, I see. And this is always difficult because... It's where the when do you become young and then not so young? So are Ryan Kent and Hadji still in the young player of the year category? I think they will be. They are, yes. I'm going to say Kent's got it. 50 50 chance, and you went wrong. Uh, it was Hadji. <laughs> 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 yeah, but we've got a great run here going on. My what goodness. about here's the big one, right? Here's the big one for you. Okay. And I would ask all the, all the listeners and watchers. <laughs> To also get up, well, they'll know by this point, I'd imagine, right? Because they'll be plugged in here. What am I thinking? I think everybody's sitting in my front room, right? But it's like working, right? It's just uh, you're all inside the box type of scenario. I told you I was old, but uh, who do you think is the manager's player of the year? The manager's player of the year, yeah. So, who do I think the manager has trusted this season effectively ahead of anyone else? I think that's it. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Oh man, Goldson! Congratulations, mate. You nailed that one. Nailed it. Connor Goldson is, uh, is the manager's player of the year. I mean, again, it's a it's a hard one to disagree with, and it could have been anyone. I would suggest that if Ryan Jack hadn't missed a huge chunk of the season, he would have been in and around that award because Stephen Gerrard's a huge fan. I think when Jack is fit, if he can maintain a level of consistency as far as fitness is concerned, he will next season be um, one of um, Stephen Gerrard's go-to guys. Uh, yeah, as far as, I, as far as I hear on the grapevine, it was neck and tuck between Goldson and Zungu, but Goldson just, uh, just tipped it in the end. The bold Bungani, how we miss him, or how we will miss him. Uh, yes, yes, as he goes back to uh, Amiens, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, so Tommy, short pod this week. Um, yeah, very. Before, before I let you you bash on back into your whatever as you go. Yeah, careful um, with that. <laughs> careful with that. <laughs> 55, what did it mean to Tommy McIntyre? Oh, God. Uh, I'm actually not prepared for that particular question. I know, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you. No, you didn't. Yeah, damn it. Damn it, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's hard to describe. And I like to think I'm pretty decent at describing things sometimes, but... There's a lot of bound up energy when it comes to Rangers and the Rangers support. And myself personally, I grew up in a, I was very lucky in one respect and unlucky in another in that I grew up with Rangers dominating. So my challenge was getting used to the fact that Rangers weren't dominating. Younger people, it was, will we ever see them win something? So it's been great. They were born into that failure, if you like. And seeing, being able to watch other people actually, strangely enough, yeah, I've, I've hit on the vein of what I mean. It means a lot to me personally in terms of that, but being able to see a younger generation of children celebrate a legitimate Rangers title in the top tier and do it in a world a, a record breaking fashion in terms of invincible and setting clean sheet records and performing in Europe again, which I didn't always see when I was growing up, performing <laughs> in Europe and seeing the 
resetting and reinvigoration of the standards that are linked to our club and seeing that provide joy and light to younger fans' faces. That gives me real confidence that our club still has the ability to inspire that in people. And that's why we'll always be that club. That's what it means to me. I think well, you're absolutely right. I, I, well, for me, I, I think when we, we look at what's happened over the last 10 years, um, the people that have been in and around our club, the people that have, have sort of raped it and, and done what they like with it and threw it around, horsed it here, horsed it there, um, it almost makes the feeling now of knowing that we are champions. And I, I don't really care about sort of what them across the across the city are doing or have done or wanted to do. It makes not a joy to me. My, my interest is, is, is only Rangers and, and what they do on a on a regular basis. And I think um, looking at all the people that have been there before in charge and, and, and various different roles, I think when you look at the club now, from top to bottom, from a, a structure perspective, it is barely recognisable to what it was 10 years ago. In fact, it's not. Um, I still find it hard to to get my head around the fact that Steven Gerrard is our manager and he's just won his first league title. I think yeah. that's that's something that I find quite hard to to comprehend. Gary McAllister in there is his assistant, guys who I grew up watching on sort of match of the day Saturday night or Sunday morning, depending on when you're lucky enough to see it. <laughs> um, I think it, there's a there's a realization now that Rangers are back. And I think we went for a long time and you alluded to yourself, unaware if we would ever see it. I think we always believed we would get there eventually, but when it was going to yeah. be was entirely something different. Um, but to, to know that we've, we've now done it, and we've done it so, so comfortably. We've done it comfortably. It's not with the assistance of anyone else. The, the stats that, that we look at now and moving forward across the summer will be quite clear. Rangers won the league this season out the park and no one was close to us, and we deserved every single second of celebrating that, that we're, we're doing now, and I hope it continues right up until we kick a ball in anger at the start of the next season. We deserve this, and um, we deserve everything about it, the, the smiling faces and the emotion of it all. Um, yeah, it's, it's been worth it. It's been a great season at Barry Just fan, hasn't it? Here, here to that. I think that's a, that's a nice synopsis, Scott. Really nice synopsis. So this is our final... Um, pod of, of the season as it stands just now, Tommy, will be back sporadically um, during the summer from the main flag, flagship perspective. Some giveaways will be coming up um, very shortly on social media, so I'd urge all our listeners and, and viewers to keep their eyes open from that. From a personal perspective, we'll continue to run with the, the women's pod right up until the end of the season. It's getting a wee bit tasty towards the end of their season, some games to yeah. go, which we look forward to. Um, so Graham, Courtney and I will continue to drag some of these ladies in off the streets and they can speak to us in their pods um, every Thursday <laughs> that, night. That, that not, I don't that know if not we should edit that. Should we edit that? Um, we look forward to, to, to getting these guys back on. Tommy, from a personal perspective, big summer for you. So I want to take the opportunity to wish you all the very best with that. You know exactly what I'm talking about and everyone from, from this Cybrox takes the opportunity to wish you the, the best of luck with that as well. We will do it all again next season. I don't know if there's anything you want to say before we go, Thomas. Yes, us. Yes, us. Indeed. We'll do it all again next season. As I say, look out for us post-season and we'll be in and around things to, um, to keep you entertained and we look forward to that. Enjoy the summer when it comes. Bye-bye. 
This is April.